podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to The Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. On Thursday, March the 31st, before two days before, Liverpool play Watford in the Premier League. Let's start by mocking Manchester City. So we all know that one of their greatest players ever, Sergio Aguero, is a lifelong Liverpool fan. And would much rather be playing, much rather have had his career for Liverpool than for City. We know that Kevin De Bruyne is a Liverpool fan and he would much rather have his career for Liverpool than for City. But recently we've heard that Yaya Toure uh, has a relationship with Jurgen Klopp and texts him semi-regularly to talk about football, talk about how Liverpool are doing, things like that. And it makes you wonder what Yaya would have looked like. In a Liverpool shirt, you can be certain he'd be much happier if he played for Liverpool rather than Manchester City. Maybe it is just a simple thing that he prefers managers with hair than those who are bold. You know, you never know with these things, but Yaya and Pep don't seem to have any relationship at all. And Yaya has one with our boss. That's nice to know. That can that kind of thing can be influential. That type of thing can be influential. If there's a player from the Ivory Coast that we want to sign in the next couple of years, using Yaya Turi as a conduit to get something done is a possibility. We'll leave that there and we'll move on. And we'll jump around the main Liverpool sites because there's not a whole lot going on, obviously, until Saturday. But this is Anfield having exclusive today that Trent Alexander-Arnold is back in full training. So yesterday, James Jimbo Pierce reported that Trent is likely to miss Watford, miss Benfica, and the hope would be he could be back for City. Well, this is Anfield's report is that he's back in full training. Now, Pierce has come back and said he had a bespoke training session yesterday. I would guess, I would guess he doesn't play against Watford. I think Gomez will play against Watford. But it would be no surprise if Trent is back for the game against Benfica in midweek. Benfica and then City. And if we can go and give Benfica a bit of a battering over in Portugal, then in that second leg, you can rest the likes of Trent and maybe Andy Robertson because we should have a comfortable lead if we give them the hiding that we're capable of giving them. But it's great to have Trent back. You'd obviously have to ask questions of, was he actually ever injured? Or is this just us pretending he was injured and he got a nice little trip to Dubai and a nice rest rather than having to go and play for England? 
you would hope very much that he wasn't actually hurt, that this is one of those Ryan Giggs type of injuries that Giggs used to get regularly when he was playing for Manchester United and he'd be called up by Wales for international friendlies. One of the great, I think one of the great statistics of Sir Alex Ferguson's reign at Manchester United is that Ryan Giggs, who obviously had an incredibly long career making his first team debut for United in 1990 and playing until 2014 while playing a 16-year career for Wales from 91 to 2007. So 16 years, Giggs only played 64 games for United. 64 games, an average of four a year. The most he ever played near, he played six in 93, one in 94, one in 98. He played seven in 2003 and six in 2005. But to have multiple years with one, and these, let me see. So 94, well, in the Premier League in 93-94, he played 38 games, 58 in all competitions. The following season, he played 40 in all competitions. But you'd imagine that's one or two minor injuries Uh, not necessitating him to play one game for Wales in the entire year. In 98, he played 37 games in all competitions in 97, 98, 41 the following season. And again, one game for Wales in the bridging year. That is miraculous. He played four games for the Great Britain Olympic team in 2012. And that is within his top seven or eight seasons of international football. He'd been retired from the Welsh national team for five years at that point. It was brilliant. Ferguson just couldn't have cared less. And he convinced Giggs not to care either. If Kloppo can pull the same thing with Trent, then we are laughing, absolutely laughing. Obviously, a number of players did go and play international football. Divock Origi played 12 minutes for Belgium against Burkina Faso. Andy Robertson played 58 minutes against Austria uh, and was involved in the second goal. Henderson played 90 in England's first match, did not play in the second match. Harvey Elliott played 90 for England under 21s. Fabinho played 98 minutes across two matches, which isn't too bad. Taki played 113 minutes for Japan, so he played in both games. Curtis played 118 minutes for England uh, between games against Andorra and Albania. Diogo Jota played 148 minutes across his two games. Luis Diaz played 174 minutes. Costa Simicus played 180 minutes. Virgil van Dijk played 180 minutes. Queeving Kelleher and Allison both played 180 minutes. So much for the notion that Ederson is uh, a real backup. And then Salah and Mane both played 210 minutes, which is less than ideal. Less than ideal. But, you know, we can't complain too much overall. Uh, what else have we got here? There is a new Mo- Mohamed Salah mural in the city of Liverpool, which is absolutely spectacular. So it's located opposite the King Harry 
on Anfield Road. John Culshaw is the artist who's put this up, put this together. It is genuinely sensational. So Hotel Anfield, which are the, the group that put this together, they held a vote, fan vote, to decide who should get the, the mural. So the options were Salah, Fowler, Rush, Thompson, Andy Robertson, and Virgil. Virgil needs a mural, by the way. Salah won 40% of the vote. And this is genuinely phenomenal. The Trent one is good. The Henderson one isn't. There's a better one of Henderson that someone put on a, on the wall of their garden. The one that's opposite the Trent one isn't great. This is spectacular. Genuinely. And the team bus will go past it on Saturday before the Watford game, so Salah will get to see it. This is absolutely outstanding. Massive credit to the artist. If you haven't seen this, go and look at it. It is absolutely brilliant. Like, there's a window in the wall, and he's just used the window as part. It's, It's so good. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, What else do we have here? There is a piece from an interview with Klopp recently where he talks about the new boot room. And he talks specifically about how he worked with Buvac for a substantial amount of time. And now he has his new sort of inner circle. And he talked about Pep and Linders and how important he's been. Um, this is really, really good. And it talks about these younger coaches in a way that makes you think maybe they're taking enough of the burden off him that he'll be happy to continue on for a number of years after he's due to leave. So he's due to leave in 2024. But if Linders and Matos are going to take on more and more of the training ground responsibility and things like that, maybe Klopp can transition into more of an overseer type of role, similar to what Ferguson did, and that could extend his career and thus his willingness to stay at Liverpool. Really good piece there. Give that a read when you get a chance. Uh, The Premier League are set to reintroduce the five sub rule. mentioned that yesterday. Might not have been on this pod, might have been on the the two-footed. But yeah, Klopp is getting his way and uh, five subs are coming back. It's about time. It's about time. Uh, There's a Liverpool roundup here, so let's have a look. Long-term target Rodrigo will leave for 35 million. Liverpool snared, Real Madrid snared Rodrigo Goez from under Liverpool's noses in 2019 after the Reds had tried to tie up an early deal for him over a year prior. As has been the case that many players missed out on first time around the club have kept tabs and have been linked on a semi-regular basis. It looks now like Real are willing to offload him for around 34, 35 million. 
because they want to bring in Mbappe and Haaland, he would make, he would be a great sign. He is very, very gifted. Now, he hasn't always shown a consistent level at Real. That's absolutely true. But he is only 21. And when you consider that Vinicius has only really kicked on in the last 18 months, I think it's fair to say that Real aren't exactly known for player development. Vinicius had been there two and a half years and done nothing. So could Rodrigo have a similar type of development over the next 12 months, the next 18 months? I think he definitely could. You look at Vinicius, 17 goals this season. In his three previous seasons with Real, he'd only scored 15. He's got 14 in the league. He only had eight in the two in the three previous seasons, three full seasons. He's his performance level improved massively last year, but it's only really translated into goals this year. Rodrigo actually had a decent first year, seven goals in 26 games. Uh, but only two in each of the last two seasons. I'd definitely be in favour of bringing him to Liverpool if we could get him at that kind of price. Can play either side. Genuine world-class potential. Already has five caps for the national team. Uh, World Cup qualifier fallout, obviously a piece on Salah, a piece on Diogo Jota, and then this, you know, the little bit about the Harry Maguire thing where, you know, it's the worst thing that's ever happened that Harry Maguire got booed. He got booed because he's been dreadful in the Premier League. And I wouldn't normally agree with what this fella has to say, but Matt Letizia saying that Gareth Southgate took over and said he was going to pick players for England based on their club form and that Maguire's club form doesn't warrant a place in the England side is absolutely spot on. It is absolutely spot on. And while Maguire may have been good for England, he's certainly not been great or a Colossus or any of this. England have failed under Southgate because they've won nothing. And I don't want to hear that they got to a semi-final of a World Cup. They had an easy path. They lost to every good team they played. And in the just gone Euros, they had a fairly easy path as well. I mean, they beat Germany. It's a bad Germany team. It's a really bad Germany team. And they lost to a, an average Italy team in the final. It was the best chance they had to win an international tournament, and they blew it. But do we know for certain that just because they've done well with Stones and Maguire, one of whom can't get in his club team, and the other one is awful for his club team, that they wouldn't be even better with, say, Ezri Konza and Fikayo Tomore, or Joe Gomez and Fikayo Tomore, or Joe Gomez and Mark Wehi? Do we know that they wouldn't be better with better centre-backs in the team? I mean, Adam Webster has outperformed Maguire and Stones at club level. Max Kilman has been better than both of them this season. And yet neither of them get a look in either. England have some really good centre-backs. Gomez, Konza, Gwehi, Tamore, Kilman, 
Webster. None of them get a look in. But Mings, who's awful at club level, he gets a look in. Cody, who can only really play in a back three, he's in the squad all the time. Ben White, who's the fourth best defender in the Arsenal defence, he's in the squad. Maguire, who's probably the fourth best centre-back at United, he's in the squad. Stones, who's the fourth, the third best centre-back at City, he's in the squad. Yet players playing regularly and playing very well, they don't get rewarded at all. It's just, it's very strange. It is very strange. A uh, piece about Timo Werner wanting out of Chelsea, Gareth Bale potentially joining a club for six months to then retire after the World Cup. Also, there it seems like it will be a waste for any club to bother signing him. Uh, on Liverpool.com, there's a couple of pieces here. Liverpool have... Jurgen Klopp might have told Liverpool how to replace him as FSG can avoid Man United error. Uh, I assume this is about... Linders, yeah, it appears to be about Linders. No, no is the answer on that one. A hard pass. Get a manager who is already proven as an elite level manager because that's what it's going to take. Arsenal could regret beating Liverpool to 42 million transfer as Jurgen Klopp priority becomes clear. Arsenal have reportedly pulled ahead of Liverpool in 42 million transfer race, but all might not be as it seems. Jurgen Klopp could still get the last laugh. What player is this? Oh, Cody Gakpo. You won't worry too much. You wouldn't worry too much if they signed him. He's good. He's not great. He didn't even start for them. They've got Martinelli. They've got Smith Rowe. They've got Odegaard. They've got... Unless they're planning to move Martinelli to the number nine position, Gakpo doesn't really make a bunch of sense for them. Luis Diaz convinces Liverpool target as Jurgen Klopp beats Real Madrid to free transfer. Okay. Uh, piece here about Rodrigo. Uh, Luis Diaz convinces possible Liverpool signing. This is about Darwin Nunes. Oh, I'd love Darwin at Liverpool. Uh, Fabio Carvalho, that one does look like it's done. Um, and fingers crossed it gets across the line this time. Liverpool learn of Erling Haaland reduced demands. Talk about that yesterday. It's nonsense. Liverpool should pounce on Jack Grealish transfer tip. All Jack Grealish said is that Jude Bellingham is the much better player than Grealish was at 18-19. Um, don't worry, Jack, he's a better player than you are now as well. Um, Liverpool 40 million transfer snub makes sense as FSG wait for next Erling Haaland, who is better. So Kareem Adeyemi's been linked with Liverpool for months, obviously, and it appears like Salzburg have set a price of £38 million. Now, that's well above what you'd be comfortable paying or what I'd be comfortable paying. I thought it would be like 25 rising to 30, maybe even 35 with add-ons. But the latter five of that would be, you know, kind of hard to reach add-ons. 
But they've set a price of 38 million. And my assumption is they've done that because Dortmund were the team leading the chase to get him. And Dortmund are about to get an influx of cash by selling Erling Haaland. So I think that's why they set that price. But we, we certainly don't seem keen on paying that price. Um, but yeah, this piece is basically about Liverpool not being willing to pay that kind of money for him and potentially looking at Benjamin Sesko as well. Instead, Sesko is the Slovenian six foot four center forward, only 18 years of age, having his first senior season with Salzburg, eight goals in 28 games. Last year, he was on loan in the second division of, of Austria with Leffering, scored 21 in 29. He is an impressive talent. There's no question. Is he better than Adiemi? I'm not sure. On AnfieldIndex.com, we've got some new podcasts for you. You can listen to the latest Scouted, which is myself and Carl attempting to build a title challenger at Borussia Dortmund. There is the Under Pressure, talking about Mo Salah and his contract situation. There is a rival recon. Harry Setti is back to have a look ahead to Watford. And there is the new 10-7 podcast, Gav Jones, Paul Moran, and Stephen Eddie Jones. And they basically go through this Liverpool team and some Liverpool teams of the past. So do give that a listen as well. Today, there is Molby on the spot. There's a scouted to come. And there may well be an on the books, though it might not come out till maybe early next week. So, yeah, there's loads. There's absolutely loads. You can't go wrong with AnfieldIndex.com. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.